Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It was surreal. Um, you know, it was definitely... You know, like you said, first first time starting um, as a you know as an NFL quarterback, it's still honestly crazy to say. Um, so you know, there's definitely emotions. There's definitely you know, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a surreal moment. Something I'll you know I'll always remember. Uh, you're just hitting it out, bro. You're actually here. You know, you gotta enjoy it. So after a while, I just took like ten laps. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm finally here. You know, I finally made it on a big stage and the first NFL experience. I had to soak it all in before it got real out there. I was definitely nervous, but. Had nerves kind of hit me a couple days ago and had an opportunity to take it or realize it and process it. And I feel like that helped me to go out there and not have as much nerves today. So felt good. Didn't feel any different out there than I did in practice. Three of the rookie quarterbacks who got some playing time in the preseason openers. Week one of the 2023 preseason in the books. We look forward to week two the three-week preparation period and coaches still haven't figured out an agreed formula rhythm you never know what you're going to get it used to be different it used to be you'd get a drive or two from the starters in the week one week two game week three i remember back in the day they'd play the whole half and into the third quarter week four you wouldn't see them at all with only three games I never really know, and I think it varies from coach to coach, team to team, week to week, what we're going to see. And it's honed by the needs that the coach perceives, Chris, of this specific team in this specific year, and good morning. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, at least uh, it it was a fun weekend. It was, but you're right. There's no formula anymore, like you said, where it was like week one, okay, maybe a few starters play, maybe they don't at all. Week two, a little more, and so on and so on. Now... I think with limited opportunities and and t- and teams, you're seeing like Mike. To your point, they kind of just do what's best for them, right? They're just going, wait, this is what we need, and it's across the board. Whether hey, okay, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, we know they want him to get work with the first team offense, so they go out there and do that. 
But then you had teams like the Buffalo Bills where you go, wait, they've been in the thick of things. And yeah, Josh Allen didn't start, but they played all their starters on defense and got that part of their football team ready or wanted to make sure that was hitting on all cylinders come week one. So yeah, it was a little all over the place, which made it interesting. You got to see starters go against backups some backups go against starters, offensive side of the ball. We got to see the rookies, the rookie quarterbacks, great experiences for them. Like we talked about last week, you know, you can say all you want. There's nerves, even a preseason game. They need to even shake those cobwebs out, but uh, it was good to have some football this weekend. That's for sure, Mike. And that's the thing, even though it doesn't count, it doesn't mean anything. It never is a factor in the standings for a lot of these guys, especially the rookies. This is their first taste of it. This exactly. is the first time they're doing it. You can't tell them it's not real when they're not out there in their uniform and they see NFL caliber defensive players and they have to make decisions with the ball and they know that everything they do is going to be scrutinized, even if we don't have a full game's worth of it. It even puts more pressure on them yeah. because they don't have the luxury of screwing up and succumbing to the nerves at first before settling in. You get three drives. You get four drives. You get two drives. You don't get much of a chance, and that's all anyone is going to focus on, and you got to forget about that and move on to the next one. Of course, the hard reset comes after the third preseason game, but they still have to live through the next two weeks until we get there, and I think it can be more important to them, way yes, more important to them right. than it is to anybody else. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's right. Young players, second-year guys, there's a lot of them that are in that same boat as well. You know, you got your guys who, yeah, they might have played last preseason, but they're second-year guys who didn't play much in the regular season other than special teams. Here's their chance to get back out on the D-line, the O-line, show their coaches that. You know, get used to that movement. Again, what we've talked about a little last week, this is where the preseason has, you know, great, uh, I think, value is to those type of football players. And, you know, on top of that, like you're talking about a little too, Mike, just the player safety element. It getting used to, oh, wait. You know, hey, I'm Anthony Richardson. Whoa, whoa, I, well, I got to throw a ball here and a weird angle here, and I got a guy hanging on me. What, what, you know, all right, this is a good learning lesson. Let me throw it away instead of throw a pick or do whatever, right? And I think those things are going to go a long way to a better quality game once week one comes around. So that's the good thing about preseason, and that's, it's true for even some of the, the veterans and guys we've seen be stars. You, you can't tell me Russell Wilson didn't need a little, Lou, let me get used to this again out here in the Sean Payton offense. So I think it goes around for, for a lot of guys as far as the importance goes, Mike. Especially at the quarterback position where they don't get hit. They've got the red jersey, right, whichever right. color jersey the team puts the quarterbacks in through all of the offseason, all of training camp, joint practices, they still are on the do not touch list. Now all of a sudden it's open season, it's fair game, and all the stuff you heard about, all the things they're preparing you for, this is the first real glimpse you're going to get, the closest thing to a regular season glimpse you're ever going to get until it's time to to go out there week one. And for most of the rookies taken early in the draft, we expect to see them week one. The only one that I don't expect to see. No one expects to see at this point is Will Levis of right. the Titans. Yeah. The other three, we expect them to be the starters when the regular season gets going in three weeks and six days. Oh, the yeah. First full Sunday. Obviously, Lions Chiefs starts in 24 days, but just a few days after that, we'll see Bryce Young. We'll see C.J. Stroud. We'll see Anthony Richardson, and the clock is ticking loudly on their remaining opportunities to get ready 
for the roller coaster ride to begin. Oh well, I I, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait to continue to watch the 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 training wheels. You know, slowly but surely come off here as they go deeper and deeper into the playbook, get more and more comfortable. It was a good start, I think, for a lot of these guys. It wasn't going to be perfect. We know that. I mean, damn, they got drafted high in the draft for a reason, right? You always say it because that team stinked or stunk, I should say. And they stinked. <laughs> it was a double whammy. Uh, hanging around too many nephews this weekend. <laughs> that got me talking three-year-old there. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I yeah, like watching this morning process. You just have an excuse process. for a change. That's all that's different. You just have an excuse. You have somebody you can blame. I'm sure they appreciate that. You mentioned the training wheels, and I had a flashback to when I had a bike with the training wheels. Do they still make bikes with training wheels I, on them? I assume they do. I think they do. Because you need do. to be trained somehow. I just remember I came out one day, and I thought somebody stole my training wheels. It's like, hey, Mom, somebody took my training wheels. I did. You don't need them anymore. Get on that bike and ride. <laughs> what were you, nine? Okay. Were you 10 years old then? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's a funny, funny story. Um, or, or, you know what? I hate saying that. Because anytime anyone prefaces something with funny story, yeah. it's never funny. funny. Now. Let me hear it. So, <laughs> so let me let me strike that comment from the record, please. Mm-hmm. Not a funny story. I had family in town over the weekend, and we started talking about Saturday morning cartoons. Because now, with my little nephew, my great nephew, which makes me feel even older than I am, yeah, in the house. We had whatever it is that he watches, and of course, you can access it at any time. You don't right. have to wait until Saturday right. morning anymore. So I happened to share my story with my sister, and I probably never told her before, even though I've told the world multiple times. I never told her about how I'd get so excited to watch Saturday morning cartoons that I'd run downstairs forgetting to relieve my full bladder and not wanting to go back upstairs and miss any of the cartoon action because you had a limited window within which to watch it every week. So I'd pee in the garbage can until my mother lifted out the bag, which they didn't sell garbage bags at the time. You used your bags, your brown bags from the grocery store back when they used brown bags for grocery stores, and you put your trash in it and then took it out and put it in the old metal trash can. And when she picked it up and said, this is wet for some reason, that's when I realized eventually if I don't stop this on my own, I will be caught (laughs) as the garbage pan garbage can pisser. So anyway, my my sister had no idea, and she thought it was funny, and she said – how old were you when you were doing this? And I said 13. And um, <laughs> she just accepted it. Like she, <laughs> like, she, she like, was like I oh, wasn't okay. kidding. That's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> no, she didn't even say that. She just uh, kept going like I wow. meant that, that I said that I was 13 when I was doing it. And so. then when did you let her know? Did you let her know and go, you know, I wasn't really 13? I mean, I was. Ho- I think it. Hopefully you were six, I think it five. Came, <laughs> it came up like. A couple minutes later, and it's yeah. like you thought I was serious that I said I was thirteen. Right, right. So yeah. All right, good. So, so you anyway. had a good weekend, family oh, there. I know was. you got in the pool, or the pool was used. That's good to hear. The pool was used. You know, the pool was used. And you know, what else? You guys have some other. You had some other fun in the barn. You had guys a good had time. a few drinks. You had too a good time. Too much food. All right. Too much food. Yep. Too much booze. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. All right. Sounds good. That so, sounds good. Yeah. Fun a, weekend. Good. We had a good weekend. weekend, too. Family here. My son's 13th birthday was yesterday. 
So the ha- all right, know. happy birthday, Philip. Yeah, Philip. Philip, we had the crew Phillip, with the well, house. Now that he's thirteen, now that he's thirteen, he's old enough to be in the garden. <laughs> That's right. There's no doubt. He's ready to go. He's passed the test there. But yeah, it was a good day. You know, uh, always fun. It, 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 fun to see that age enjoy their birthday. Got him, Mike. One of the things we got him for his birthday is one of these, you know, arcade games, and it's got like every old arcade game ever I have in history. One. You have, have this one. whole thing? Right. I've had it for two years. I think I've heard you say it. This? I think I heard you say yeah. it before. Right. I don't know if I really put it together that it was the same thing. But yeah, that that was uh, the highlight gift of, of his birthday. Yeah, and we played that a lot yesterday. I had a lot of fun so doing wait, that. So wait, wait. Yeah. You're forcing him to play these old arcade games that he knows nothing about. He he got he found they, out on, on, on his own. And he'll have no interest. <laughs> no. He'll have no interest in them. They look yeah. so crappy in comparison to everything they have today. The only nostalgia is for the old people like us. I know. You know what, though? Like, he found this out on, on his own with some other friends he had. And NBA Jam, right? I mean, yes. Pac-Man, stuff like that. that. That I don't care what year that was invented in. It doesn't lose its, its, its you know, luster. It's fun. So those are like kind of what highlighted the afternoon yesterday, just playing that. And then we'll slowly dig into some other ones that we find that, are, that, work, that work for both of us. How many games are on it? I got one that's got like 3,000 games I think on. ours does too. I think it's 3,500, something, something in that range. Like way too many well, to where when you have to go through it, you go – Man, they didn't need to put like at least a thousand, two thousand of these on. I mean, geez, we just yeah. we wanted the hardcore basics. Give me the hits, you know, and then that's all I needed. But they got everything, things I've never heard of before. Yeah, like fifty versions of Street Fighter. Right, on, exactly. Like, there's a certain exactly. point where we don't need the latest exactly. update right. of it. Right. But so okay, mine has three thousand. Yours has thirty five hundred. I need to buy one today that has thirty six hundred. That's what you're telling me. Um, but but it's got the the one I have has like old Madden games on it too. It's not just arcade games; Ooh. it's video games from back in the day that have migrated on here too. I gotta so check it's that. The I'm first three sure. or four Maddens. Right. It's home versions of different games in addition to the arcade games. Gotcha. So it's probably in there. It does. It takes forever. It takes forever to scroll through all of them and find out which ones you, you'd like to play and which ones you'll never play but they're just on there. I'm a big fan, and we played this down in the barn on Friday night, and I I didn't act like I never play. I have golden tea, and I play golden tea all the time. Oh, when right, I'm down in the right. barn, I'll take 10, 15 minutes and go back to the back room where we have four of these arcade games that are just – they're they're cheaper than the one where you get 3,000 games. It's right. just like the old NFL Blitz game, Buck Hunter – Golden Tee, and I've got the Dragon's Lair game, which I used to like to play in college when I didn't feel like studying. So I play Golden Tee all the time. And we did a four-person match on Golden Tee, and I kicked the crap out of them. And it wasn't even fun. Like, I was up five strokes on the rest of them after three holes. So uh, (laughs) I love Golden Tee. Golden Tee is great. And now they've got, like, this super-duper PGA Tour edition of Golden Tee that is much more expensive than the one I got. And the more important issue is I don't know where I would put it, but that's what I'm eyeballing now that Christmas is coming within focus. I'm starting to drop the hints around the house that I want the new super-duper 
PGA Tour Golden Tee experience that takes a 55-inch high-def TV that you have to buy separately. Used to be you just had to buy batteries separately. Now you buy something, you got to buy a 55-inch TV separately. Wow, that's is that right? That's how it goes. Like so, so I don't I, I don't know if I've seen one like that where it's it's a separate TV to the rest of the the console. It's not, and and it's still. Something you're going to use with your hand in that same way, or are you yes. actually swinging a club on this one? What the hell is going on here? No, okay, no. yeah, okay, okay. It's got it's got the roller. Right. That's the appeal. Yeah, it's this big unit that that has a back on it, and you just have to mount the TV on it. Gotcha. And it's it's not a console per se, but it's got a like a brain, like a middle base, and it's got cup holders and stuff. I mean. It's it's pretty swank. It sounds it like it. It's bougie, space. right? Yeah. Well, you can't. I'm out. Money. Of, I'm out of we space. You. Yep. You'll I'm, you'll I'm, find it. <laughs> I'm out of space in the barn, though. We're gonna have to do something. We're gonna have to add on to the barn. We're gonna have to build a barn for the barn because uh, there's no space for the game that I I want to buy next. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines at delta we know mike nhc prefers reality tv to reality so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, it took us a while to get to it, but we eventually wasted some of your time and when we should have been talking about football. By the way, I do need to say what the show is. It's PFT Live. If you didn't already know, Peacock Series XM85, Sky Sports Action, which will soon be Sky Sports NFL for NFL season, podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I've been informed by our friends in the UK and in Ireland that I have yet to say good morning or hello to them. How in dare the you? Weeks that we've been back. Jeez. I didn't realize Manners. you all were so high maintenance. I thought you, I thought you, you, you folks kept a stiff upper lip and a patrician facade. They believe in manners. They, they, they are the like ones that. who taught us so, decency and manners well, in this world. And they just want you to give it back to them. Mike, that's all they're asking for. <laughs> for first of all, first of all, we're not live, so it's kind of hard to say good morning. And even if we were live, it's not morning when we're on. It's true, noon. True. So we would, say, we would say good afternoon if we were live. We'd say, hello, it's 12 o'clock in, uh, in London and surrounding towns, but we're not live. That's not our call. There was a time last year. I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole. There was a time <laughs> last year. They led us to believe, well, led us to believe is a little bit soft. They told us conclusively that we were going to be live every day and then like a week later we weren't so i don't know what happened there i'll blame you and your potty mouth for causing <laughs> okay. them to realize 
they were not able to hit that button because you never know when the expletive is going to fly out of your mouth. Oh, thank you. I don't know if you're much better, so don't put all the blame on me, okay? You know, for every, I don't know, I feel like over the years it might have been like for every five swears you've had one, but we've gotten to a point now where I feel like it's pretty close. It's two to one. You have some weeks where I think you outdo me. So, uh, you know, it's not fair to put all the burden on me anymore there, counselor, okay? Well, I've tried to be a little more restrained just because it puts an extra burden on Kristen to bleep them out for the video clips that go out. And, and you know, we, we've never really gotten in trouble, but we have been they don't encouraged love it. Right. to not do it. Right. It's like they don't love it, but they know if they try to get us to stop, we'll just do it more. Well, yeah. So, yeah. There's a balance there. Now, right. eventually we would push the envelope until we're either fired or incarcerated. I don't know. I mean, some people just keep pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope no matter what they uh, you know, should know the consequences are going to be. But I don't want to digress too much. We decided not to push the envelope. I kind of got bored with it. I think that's what it came down to. They let us do it enough. We got bored with it. And uh, I don't know. I'm probably laying the foundation for about 10. Oh, yeah. I want to swear everywhere right now just to end that. Hour and (laughs) 40 minutes. All right. Let's get to it. Let's do Uh, it. Bryce Young possibly swearing on Saturday as he was getting chased around all over the place in his preseason debut against the Jets. Three series were played by Bryce Young in his first NFL game. He completed four of six passes for 21 yards. But what happened to him was the thing that, they yeah, thought people he'd get be scared able to of. figure out how to avoid. Right. He got hit. Right. And with a guy that size, physics are against you. Yeah. The more you get hit, Chris, the more likely you're going to get hurt. They got lucky. Right. But you can't assume that luck is going to hold for three weeks of the preseason and 17 games of the regular season. Hey, like we, we talked about a minute ago, I mean, these teams aren't perfect, right? There they are. They're trying to find their way. They're playing a team like the Jets that was a, a borderline playoff team, had a playoff roster last year. They're deep as hell on the defensive line, right? Offensive line still a work in progress for Carolina. But, yeah, I mean, these are the things that, that scared us with Bryce Young, right? Some of these hits right here where you go, ooh, that is some big hit. And, honestly, I, w- I was shocked there wasn't a penalty called on that one uh, for the first pick of the draft. Yeah, this is what we worry about, whether he can take these type of hits on a consistent basis and, within that, make the throw down the left sideline, you know, and the back shoulder throw. I- hey, I know he's going to be able to wheel and deal and find little holes and completions over the middle. I What we-, we still have to see is when those aren't there, right, some of the plays we saw at Alabama – you know, like we saw the other day, when that's not there, can he make some of those power throws on the outside with the pocket collapsing and hang in there and really make the throw with consistent accuracy? Or is it going to become, ooh, I got to protect myself here because I'm really small and those hits are going to you know, take a toll on me? Uh, it is a good start, a good experience. I know it was nothing special, but it's like we talked about the learning process. Now he's going to get a feel for the speed of the rush and everything that, you know, he'll need to improve on for the next, next appearance. Yeah. They've been very impressed with his processing and they believe he's going to be able to get rid of the ball quickly. But that's the thing. If you get rid of the ball too quickly, the receiver's not ready for it. The defensive back is, it's going to go incomplete. You can't rush it. You've still got to allow the play to develop. And then get rid of the football. You can't get rid of the football before the play is ready for the football to be distributed to whoever yeah. it is yeah. that is intended to catch it. He was hit 
on three of his seven dropbacks. Let's have a listen to his head coach, Frank Reich, and Bryce Young on the hits he took from the New York Jets defense in his NFL debut. I thought he took the one big hit. You know, obviously that first hit was pretty big, right? I mean, that first hit was pretty big. I asked him on the sideline, after, you know, kind of in the second. I waited till the second half. I said, well, that was a, that was a pretty good welcome to the NFL hit. How'd that one feel? And, uh, you know, he, he said he was fine. He barely he said he barely felt it, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's part of the game, of course. Um, you know, football is a physical sport. You know, you're going to get – it's part of the job description. You're going to get hit. Um, and, you know, that's again, that's that's the game we play. So, um, you know, it's part of the job. You, you know that that's, that's coming. So can't let that – that that's not something I think of. Can't let that affect your, your decision-making or what you're, you're going through. So uh, for me, you know, that's part of the game. It happens. And, you know, I'm just, you know, focused on the next play and trying to make sure I execute every time I, I, I get a chance to out there. You know, when you said you were surprised on that first hit, a flag wasn't thrown. It tells yeah. me that you've been sufficiently warped by the nothing the passer calls that you would expect a flag on that. And this is where I think the officials try to draw the line. They focus on the defender, not the impact that the hit has on the quarterback. It's the technique of the defender. It's what the defender does. Is he dropping his body weight? Is he doing that that scoop that that was an issue several years ago where they would burp the quarterback. That's what they, right. they call it in the football parlance. And there's certain things that you just know it when you see it by what the defender does, that it's a technique that is prohibited. The impact of a legal hit on the quarterback is what they ignore, just like Tua Tonga-Vailoa getting thrown to the ground as he was trying to throw the pass against the Bengals last year on a Thursday night. Some would look at that and say, well, that has to be a penalty. But if you look at what the defender did, no, it's not a penalty. The only reason it looks like it should be a penalty is because the quarterback is too small. Yeah. And the quarterback got thrown down by a clean legal hit. So that's what I think the issue is. We're going to see a smaller quarterback, and the impact of a legal hit on him yeah. is going to look far more devastating right. than it would on a bigger quarterback. But. I don't think they're going to throw the flags on well, them. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. But, you know, hey, let's play that first clip back again, again if we can, Courtney. I thought the first one, you know, again, I saw less egregious ones called this weekend that what made me want to lose my mind. So that's where I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been There is changed. an element of driving into the ground. That's what that's an element of driving. That's to me what it was, is the drive. There's no, there's no bracing or trying to stop the dead weight on top of them. That would have been my big yeah. question there, right, Mike? Look at the tail end of it, though. I see the arms on the first hit, if we can show that again. Yeah, we'll because get we're, to it. We're, yeah. at a, we're at a bad angle. Yeah, he tries it to get them out. Like I hear you. It looks like he throws his arms out. And if you look at where the referee was, and I think the referee was in a position to be looking right at it, the referee can see that motion where as he's going down, the arms go out. I don't see where the referee is. But as he goes down, from from that from the angle that the camera had, and obviously there the camera angles for preseason games are far from ideal, but watch the arms at the end. See? You can't really see it because there's bodies in the way, but he puts his arms out. Yeah, no, I mean, so, he, he tries. And, listen, and there's you know where the, me. see where the referee's standing back there? He yeah. probably saw the arms come out. Yeah, you know me. I'm all for that not being caught. You're right, though. This is something we'll have to watch with guys uh, like Bryce Young or the smaller quarterbacks that get in football. I think because of their size, there'll be a lot of legal hits that get called as, like, unnecessary roughness because of the size of the player. I don't think there's any doubt, right? We've talked about that in the past where we go, wait, you know, we see Josh Allen or Mahomes get hit the same way and they go, well, you're a big sucker. You'll be okay. And they don't really care. 
and it doesn't look the same as far as the body whipping around and all that because they are much bigger men. But, hey, either way, uh, you know, Bryce Young, it's, it's a great experience for him. He got to see, even without some of their starters in there, he got to see one of the best defensive lines in football. So he's gonna get a good. He'll have a good gauge after a week of practice against them. That game there to go. Wait, okay, that's that's next level defensive line. They they are able to have depth and fresh bodies. And like you said, hopefully now he can gauge. Okay, wait. If I do get pressure, you know, you start to process things in the fact of where can I get the ball to my hand quickly, safely, right? What position do I got to get my body in in some of these throws uh, to make it happen? Or where do I have to move in the pocket? And that's where he's gonna learn from that experience but it wasn't easy and that Jets D I mean that Jet D is the real deal when you talk about their first round pick McDonald Jermaine Johnson the first round pick from last year and you look at all the pass rushers they got damn are they deep on that defensive line in New York and they were all over you know Bryce Young it was hard for him to get any rhythm because they were so all over him that's one of the things Aaron Rodgers is most excited about. He's had offensive head coaches his entire career. Now he's got a defensive head coach with a potent defense, maybe arguably better than any defense he's had in his NFL career right out of the gates with the Jets. And, yeah, even with uh, four offensive linemen starters for the Carolina Panthers, the Jets were able to get through, and it's not like it's a bad offensive line. No, in it's not a bad. It's one. a pretty right. damn good Jets front. Yes, it is. It's a it's a really good Jets front. That's got it all. I mean, it, it really does. Depth, versatility. You know, they got young, fresh bodies who are still growing and getting better. You know, but that that's there's a lot of potential in that group right there. And yeah, that'll be one of the better D lines that Carolina offense sees all year. Uh, but Bryce Young, you know, again, I don't I don't want to judge any of these rookies too harshly. Right, it's about just getting out there, getting used to the bright lights, getting used to the process of a game in the stadium, game day type of stuff. Now, hey, next week we can, you know, you know, go up another level as far as how we evaluate him and what we expect, and we expect a, a positive step in the right direction. And we'll see too whether they start to formulate some things too, Mike, where we can't, you know, take this or, or, or forget about this. But they were basic in that game right there. They weren't running any, you know, tricky plays or game plan plays. You know, next week we might see, like we've talked about last week, where they come out, they run a few plays that fit him or they game plan against a defense that, you know, start to be something of what they're going to show in the regular season to, to benefit their first round or their first pick of the draft. I mean, you're only playing a few drives. There's no opportunity for in-game adjustments, yeah, no right. chance to look right. at the, the tablet and see what they're doing and how do we react to it? What other plays can we access from our game plan? Do we go off the board and come up with something on the fly That's right. that we can use to take advantage of the opening that is being given because they're, they're overloading in one area or the other? You don't get that. And you don't get to work out the kinks and get better as the flow of the game goes on. You're there for a limited period of time. And then you're out of the game. Same thing happened with Anthony Richardson of the Colts. The fourth overall pick in the draft played three series in his debut in Buffalo. Seven for 12, 67 yards, and one interception. His opening drive ended with that pick. Let's hear from Shane Steich in the first year Colts coach on his rookie quarterback's NFL debut. I thought he had great poise. I really did. I know we had the early interception. Um, that's my fault. We got to do a better job communicating there on that one. Uh, they brought you know a slot pressure off the edge, and 
you know, there's a miscommunication that starts with coaching, starts with myself. We've got to be better there. Other than that, uh, I thought he was efficient. He threw some good balls. Uh, he was calm in the pocket. Hit Granson over the middle, threw a nice deep ball to Pierce. Um, a lot of good there, though. A lot of good. Shane Steichen also said Anthony Richardson showed great poise yeah. in the game. Here's the interception. The pressure came in, and the ball got thrown a little bit wide of the mark and uh, was intercepted, and well, the well, Bills the, scored fairly quickly after that. Mike, the first thing is, like, let's rewind that play again, Courtney, if we can. I mean, first of all, I know it's interception. There's miscommunication. But, like, damn. Like, what a throw. Holy crap. I, you know, this, this is what I look at. I just want to look at the guy, the physical ability, what's it look. Oh, hey, my, my feet are cockeyed. I'm falling backwards. And let me just flick it out there at 70 miles per hour. Yep. I mean, you know, <laughs> that that to me opened my eyes. They'll fix they'll fix that. That's that's easy fix. Like Shane Steichen said, miscommunication, he'll see it more. He probably hasn't had that blitz against that play yet. You know, we're in the training wheel phase like you like we talked about at the start of the show. But damn, I'm with coach in that one. The dude looked good. It looked real good. It looked eye popping. He looked more comfortable than I would have thought. His mechanics looked good. They weren't perfect, but they were good. And, Mike, he had a few drops that were, like, phenomenal throws. So I'd be excited if I'm a Colts fan for the way Anthony Richardson looked, right? He's like the opposite of Bryce Young. We know he's going to look good. We just need not, He needs to get the polish and the reading of the defenses where Bryce Young's very good at, and then it's watch out. Yeah, and look, the guy needs to play football. He hasn't played much, and that's Man. the whole idea. Get him out there. Let the, my gosh, that's look at what that I mean. It, it's Josh Allen yeah. looking a little there with some of these throws. You're just like, whoa, vapor trail. Shoo. Well, and it's the release, too. Right. To, to generate that kind of velocity and force with that quick snapping motion, yeah. that's pretty damn impressive. And. Yeah. And uh, it took Josh Allen three seasons to become Josh Allen. So let's not rush Anthony Richardson. But we see the potential that caused the Colts to make the very basic assessment. If this guy ends up being as good as he can be, I don't want it to be somewhere else because we passed on it. Let's make it happen right here in Indianapolis as our hopeful next franchise quarterback and uh yeah there was some excitement there from anthony richardson it's gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be fun to see what he and the colts can do this ain't jamarcus russell this is not this is not that i already know that right i know that from people i've talked to who have met the guy he was impressive to everybody we discussed it a lot during the draft process you see here he's already made great strides in his game he and then the throwing it's not perfect he missed a few targets because he does whip it and he kind of stays under the ball sometimes and it floats up on him, right? But, man, I mean, he had two other throws. He threw a comeback, Mike, to Alec Pierce on the left sideline with people kind of all over him. You know, size is a skill. And Alec Pierce, it was a tough catch, but he could have caught it. He probably watched the film yesterday and went, damn, I, 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 would, I should catch that. He threw a deep crosser across the field that Pierce had and then dropped it kind of as he hit the ground. But it was high level. I mean, just to go, wow, the control of the football, the velocity of the football, the size of the human, the way he moves, right? The quickness of the release on what you talked about and then how the ball pops. I mean, how could you not be excited about what you saw from Anthony Richardson there? So, yeah, I mean, he's just he's just starting the, the tip of the iceberg here. Let's see where it goes. But I it was extremely encouraged with how he looked.
And, and you know, we're going to talk about C.J. Stroud a little bit later, but the Texans have to be very nervous about this because they passed on Richardson twice (laughs) in in three picks. They had pick two, and they took Stroud. Pick three, they traded up to get Will Anderson Jr., and then comes Richardson at number four. And, I, I mean... It doesn't matter. They weren't going to take two quarterbacks back-to-back. But just the idea, when you look at the draft picks from 2023 and you see one, Bryce Young, two, Texans, Stroud, three, Texans, Will Anderson, four, Anthony Richardson, and they're going to play him twice per year. Yeah. I mean, if Richardson becomes the superstar of this class, it's going to be very glaring for the Houston Texans. Well, the very one, glaring. It, it will be. There's a pressure on pick one and two right there. Uh, you know, they're they're both going to feel the pressure if Anthony Richardson becomes Josh Allen and the other two, you know, just become whatever, just another Baker guy. Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Exactly right there. Way to put it together for me. Yeah, that that's going to be big time pressure. And I'll say this too, just watching Anthony Richardson, you know, I'm not so sure. You know, and it's odd to say this with the number four pick in the draft, but I think he's got the best support system around him. That that's the other thing. I mean, he's got a he's got a top ten defense. He's got an offensive line that we know underperformed last year, right? But I think we still can look at it and go, they should be pretty solid. And you know, receivers, okay, there's no superstars there, but there's good. Pierce Pittman, they're the real deal. They're dependable. We think they're going to be able to run the ball. So from that aspect, compared to Stroud and Bryce Young, I think there's some things around Richardson that, you know, are just going to be a little more beneficial for him as far as the rest of the team is as compared to those two guys. I just, and, you know, I, I did mention the Texans, but you're right about the Panthers. They should be concerned about this too because if Young doesn't work out and Richardson's a superstar and they trade it up right. and they win. And you're going to be like, you drafted a wonder. 5'10 quarterback and this guy, ha-, you know, they're going to hear it for sure. You're right. I I wonder, I still wonder to this day how much influence the owner David Tepper had over the Bryce Young. Yeah. If, we I'm know the owners yep. have a way – you don't have to say it. It's one of the benefits of being a multi-billionaire. You don't have to tell anyone to do anything. If they're smart, they figure it out. If they want to continue to work for you, they figure it out. And it could be as simple, Chris, as Anthony Richardson's too much like Cam Newton. We, we You know, I don't want Cam Newton 2.0. Mm, maybe. We've already done the Cam sure. Newton thing. Yeah. We, we need to try something different. We need to try something different. We had eight years, nine years of Cam Newton and we need we need to give the fans something else. We need to give them a different franchise quarterback than another big giant human who is really damn good at playing football. Although there's a reason why you are attracted to a exactly. big giant human who is really <laughs> exactly. good at playing football. Exactly. He helps you win games. That's right. He does well. That's he right. throws the ball. I mean, I never saw Cam Newton get rid of the ball as fast as I saw Anthony Richardson get rid of the ball in his first NFL game. That's for damn sure. No, Newton held the ball a lot longer. Well, when and he was, you know, when the when the message goes from brain to arm, it just took him a lot longer. Yeah, he was a little to bit crank more it out. big and deliberate. How he threw it had an incredible arm, of course, as we know. I mean, he could really throw it, but yeah, it wasn't like Richardson's ability just to snap it out there like snap that. Snap it, you know, he does. Snap he it. snaps it, and then you know the other thing he's going to have, and we're going to continue you just see like we've talked about and uh, it'll only I think increase because they'll use it more this way but his ability to run of course is going to be another edge he has because 
like we've discussed before, teams are going to be worried. Whoa, we might get outnumbered in the quarterback run game. We need to play this defense to stop the run. And it's the perfect pass look for a quarterback where you go, whoa, they're going to play this defense and I can throw this pass. I mean, and that's where he's got another crutch or advantage that the other two don't in that department. The other two need, you know, some other things to help them a little bit. And that's where Richardson could be special, you know, as far as helping his own cause. And um, we don't have it in today's rundown. It's worth pointing out the Colts expect running back Jonathan Taylor back this week. It doesn't mean he's going to practice. He's off-site, or at least he has been off-site, getting treatment on his ankle that ultimately had surgery after he injured it during the 2022 season. He reportedly still wants to be traded. The Colts' objective has been to calm it all down and get him to realize. Now, they haven't articulated it this way, but they, they just wanted to realize He's got no alternatives. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He wants to play football. Remember, we've talked about this. They use how much you love the sport against you. What are you going to do, Jonathan? You want to play in the NFL? You want to play football? You want to come out here and compete? You want to be out there on the same field with this exciting rookie quarterback? What are you going to do? Make your $4.2 million this year, and then we'll see where we are after the season. Maybe we'll give you a long-term contract. Maybe we'll use the franchise tag. But that's our decision to make, not yours. All you can decide to do at this point is to get yourself ready to play football. I feel like the Colts are hoping he comes to that conclusion. And every day that a Scud missile isn't fired by Jim Ursay at Jonathan Taylor or his agent is a good day for the Colts. Yeah, yeah, I, that's uh, you know I, I would agree with you there. I don't. He's got no nowhere to go here. It's him, Josh Jacobs. That's where I'll, you know, like we said with Saquon Barkley, just get in there, play ball, get the damn money. Get it. There's only so much money out there you can get for a limited amount of time. You got to do it now. I'm sorry. The rules stink. Florian and I will continue to work on this and, and change it. But for now, yeah, this is the only thing you got. Play, ball out, lead the NFL in rushing, ask for more money next year, and just try to keep capitalizing. But sitting out ain't going to do it for, for anybody. And I, I don't want to see that happen to these guys. We'll keep working on it, but I can't give any guarantee that we're ever going to change it. No. I don't know what the change would be. And first, we got to get the union on board with it, and then we got the union to get the league on board with it, and then you got to worry about Robin Peter to pay Paul, and it's a complicated thing. And the, the easier thing is just play a different position, kids. If you're really, really good at football, don't be the guy that the youth coach gives the ball to and says, go run around and just, you know, score touchdowns. Make me look like a pretty good coach if I just give you the ball every play. Get to a different position so you don't get in this position where uh, the system is screwing you the way it's screwing so many great running backs. All right, Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill's still their guy, but injury history, and who knows? Who knows? Who knows what they're plotting in Tennessee? Who knows whether or not what's going to happen to Ryan Tannehill is what happened to Marcus Mariota when Tannehill came to town and Mariota eventually got benched. They've got Will Levis, the rookie, and Malik Willis competing for the number two spot. Willis has stepped up. I think Willis was persona non grata in the eyes of Coach Mike Vrabel. Yeah. He's redeemed himself. He's made Vrabel. Vrabel hasn't come out and said it, but Willis has done something to change the way Vrabel views him, and they split time in the preseason opener against the Bears. Uh, And, uh, you know, Chris, there's a chance that Levis is going to be stuck at number three this year if Willis performs the way that he has in camp and in the offseason program. And, uh, you know, that that gives them the luxury of letting Levis develop. But it also creates an issue. What are you going to do with Malik Willis? 
when the time comes to move on from Ryan Tannehill? Does he become the starter and Levis sits behind him? Or do you do you flip Malik Willis to another team after you've developed him into a guy who can play? Hey, I, I don't know. They got a good problem here. You know, Tannehill's good. You know I think he is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in football. And these two guys here got talent. They do. Malik Willis, yeah, it was raw all over the place last year. He cleaned it up in a lot of ways. He was clean throwing the football. He's different that way. He's got a few more clubs in the bag, Mike, as far as different throws. His motion is not quite as long and crazy. And the ball, every ball is not just a 107-mile-per-hour fastball now. So he's able to change speeds, arm angles. He's got some elite, elite physical talent about him. It's about playing the game. It's about getting his eyes in the right place. It's about reading the field the right way. And he certainly looked like he made improvements in that department, Mike. That was interesting game and how they played him, right? First off, there's two things that I really liked, Mike. One, they're backup quarterbacks, right? So they got them used to being, they rotated them almost the whole game. So you're used to, whoa, I've got to come off the bench now, right? I thought that was kind of a cool thing to do as far as you want to teach a guy how to be a backup. you got to teach him, ooh, he might have to go in at a, at a whim or, you know, in a whim or just at a, at a moment's notice. And you're not always going to be in rhythm from the drive before and all that. So I like that for sure. But it also showed me that there's real competition there, like you said, with those two guys. Like this is, this is real for this backup spot. They both did a good job, but yeah, Willis was impressive as far as his improvements from last year to this year. Did did Willis look smaller to you? Like he's dropped some weight? Yes, he looks did. A little leaner. Not as thick in the legs and that definitely. I I noticed that right away, right? And there's I noticed in the torso and in the trunk, he just seems smaller. He hasn't yeah. been rating uh, the Mike Vrabel Mike Vrabel ham stash maybe as much as he was last year, but you get more explosion out. If there's a balance, you need the suit of yeah, armor, the natural right. suit of armor under your pads to stay healthy, but you can get more explosion, a little more acceleration. You can do a little more with the football in your hands than, uh, than maybe you did if you were carrying an extra, I don't know, he looks maybe 15, 20 pounds thinner than he was last year. Yeah, there, there's it's something there. Guess. And you got to find, you know, that, that, hey, yeah, like you said, the armor, but yet I want to be quick and fast and be able to move in the pocket and hop around. And be able to do it for four quarters and be in shape to do it as well. That's the balance you got to find there. So, But either way, I thought both guys did a lot of good things, right? Willis still is raw. Like, I watched that game on film a little, Mike. I watched it yesterday. You know, there's still moments where his eyes are like, he looks at one, he looks at three, he looks back at one. And you're like, wait, why did you do that? I don't understand. Just stay with one and then let's go to two and then three. Why did we look? But... You know, make some eye-popping throws, eye-popping, uh, you know, escapes. But he fumbled the ball at one time. He threw an interception, right? Will Levis throws an interception at the end of the football game. Probably had another one dropped. So these are guys with, like, big arms, big talent, and they just got to learn to be refined, take care of the football, run the offense, and get in the trust tree with Vrabel. And I think that's what they're battling it out for right now there in Tennessee. Levis threw 14 passes, completing nine for 85 yards. He had that interception, like you mentioned. Here's Mike Vrabel from after the game on what Levis needs to improve upon. I mean, I think just letting the game come to him, just take what's there, you know, just trying to make sure that we're, we're not overdoing it, that we're just playing a, one, one role, a large role as a quarterback in the offense and, you know, taking what they give you. And then when there's opportunities to, to work the ball down the field, do that. Um, 
did, did some nice things. You know, I thought did some some really nice things, and you know, would like to have some plays back. I remember Vrabel didn't coach that game, um, and uh, you know, he's he's coming up with innovative ideas. Take full advantage of the preseason, like you were saying. Rotate your quarterbacks. <clears throat> Get them to simulate yeah. what it's going to be like right. if you get all of a sudden called upon to go in a game when you haven't been in a game instead of having that rhythm that is likely not going to happen this year unless Ryan Tannehill gets injured or is just horrible. But, yeah, you said it. Good problem to have, although the best problem to have is no problem at all. They draft Will Levis, maybe not recognizing Malik Willis is ready to to turn the corner and be better than he was last year, and now they're going to have to decide who's number two, who's number three. There was a point where... Willis looked like he was on the endangered species list as a member of the Titans roster. But remember, that new third quarterback rule and the way they've crafted it for this year, you got to have three guys on the 53-man roster in order to address that extra player on game day. I think it's safe to assume when the season starts, it's going to be Tannehill, Willis and Levis as three members of the 53-man roster in Tennessee. Would agree. I mean, if they're not on the roster, somebody's going to steal one of them. I can promise you that. They are. There's just too much talent there. I think that goes back to what you were saying with Vrabel. I'm sure he was in the doghouse. You know, you're right. I mean, hey, he was young. He was a little immature. He was careless with the football. I'm sure all those things. But I, I would think Mike Vrabel recognizes the talent for one and then also recognizes, damn, we shouldn't even have been in the position to where we had to put that kid in last year. That wasn't fair to him. We should have had better options. The team should have been orchestrated better to where we didn't have to rely on the everybody knew raw rookie quarterback. So hopefully he hasn't held that against them. And I think that's what you're seeing. And, the, you know, Levis and, and Willis, they got starting quarterback type talent. Willis's arm is elite. It is. It's just about the decision-making, the appropriate throw, and doing that, you know, the right thing with the football. Can they trust them and all that? And that's going to go with Levis, too. Levis can be a little crazy and careless as well. You know, the interception at the end was a little bit like, whoa, what are you doing there? He had the play, the second-to-last play, Mike, before that, he had a wide-open guy over the middle and, you know, just tried to throw it too cool or too hard where you just go, Pop it up and just get the completion. I don't give a damn if that thing helicopters and helicopters and quacks or whatever. Just get the completion here. But he tried to like throw a laser in the middle of the field and it became incomplete. And then he threw the interception next play. But still, I think a lot of positives from both of these. See there, that that's th- those are things he needs to work on. He tried to throw a touch ball and he just lost total control of the football there, Mike. And I got to give Rabel credit because. This whole Willis thing, I think, was another indication of the friction that existed between Vrabel and former GM John Robinson, a fight that Vrabel eventually won. But Vrabel isn't going to hold it against the kid. Like, even if the kid is associated with the former dysfunction and was a guy that maybe Vrabel didn't want and maybe wanted to have a better number two to Ryan Tannehill last year... He's not going to hold it against the kid to That's the point right. where he has no chance whatsoever to redeem himself, to prove himself, and to be a member of the team. He's part of the team. He's under contract, and they're going to give him a chance to do exactly what Vrabel needs him to do, and he's doing it. So uh, that, that it's it's encouraging to see a coach not let – because those guys get right? caught in the middle of they the do. fights. Gets and he's not letting right. 
Right. Whatever acrimony was between him and Robinson, and surely there was some, or Robinson wouldn't have been fired during the season. And all we have to do is go back to the neck thing from the A.J. Brown trade. But uh, he's not identifying Malik Willis with John Robinson. He's given Willis his own chance, and, and it's showing. Yeah. That, that opportunity is, is uh, turning into something good for Willis. Yeah, good for Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's a man's man. He's old school. He's not petty. Right. And, and you're explaining it right. I've been in places where, oh, you know, the coach doesn't like a player because it was the other guy's guy or the GM picked him and it wasn't my guy. And they hold it against that player. And you want to go, damn, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, mess up our team and your own damn job just because you didn't pick him, even though he's the better player and we need to give him a chance to. Vrabel ain't going to do that. Vrabel's going to play the best guy. He's going to, he's, he, he's not going to cut off his nose to spite his face. I think I got that right. And uh, credit to him. Yes. Vrabel's next level. Vrabel, I just think what he's doing with the head coaching thing, the quarterback there, some of the things and the drills and the stuff I heard about them that I saw on social media that I had people tell me about throughout the spring and all that. Um, he is uh, always looking for a new way or a cutting edge, and uh, it's, it's very impressive. You weren't here on Friday. You rarely are. C.J. Stroud had his debut for the Houston Texans on Thursday night. Played sparingly, just a couple of drives. Had an interception. Took a hit that I thought I feared was going to result in a lower leg injury. Thought his ankle got caught, right? Body weight got caught. He got caught under the body weight of the defensive lineman, and it just looked like it was one of those plays where the ankle could be seriously injured, and fortunately for him it wasn't. What was your your takeaway of what you saw from Stroud? Well, again, physically looks good. I mean, you know, he threw the out route. It looked good. He's got great mechanics that way. He, you know, is not going to be Anthony Richardson and just run around and be able to make it happen with what happened in that game. I mean, that was the worst pass protection we saw out of any quarterback. I mean, Keon White and Anthony Jennings, I don't know. Was that Reggie White and Jerome Brown? Or was that, I don't know who the hell that was. Look at these plays. I mean, I'm just shocked that, you know, I don't know that they let this happen. That it wasn't a little more controlled as far as let's keep a tight end in the block. Let's max protect, right? But they, th- This was like no chance for your young quarterback to succeed. We've shown five passes, and every one has been a fire drill. Like, oh, crap, blow the whistle. I got to get the ball out of my hand. So that's where it's hard. The interception was bad. There's no doubt about it. You know. But at the same time, for your first start and just to be under duress, whoa. And that, that's what was, I think, more concerning to me about, the, about anything in that, that game, Mike. Yeah, you're going to put that guy out there. You got to give him a chance to be successful. Right. You can't have backup tackles. You can't have uh, the absence of a tight end to to help keep the the defensive yeah, line extra from guy getting in. after right. your quarterback. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and again, that's the risk with putting these guys out there. One, all it takes is one hit, one awkward hit. We saw it happen to Mike Vick 20 years ago this month when. You know, the sun was rising on his career, and he broke his leg against the Baltimore Ravens. All it takes is that one moment. They're out there with live reps, and as much as the NFL protects the quarterback, there's still only so much you can protect him, especially if his offensive line and his blocking schemes aren't. Yeah, that's that, that's right. And there's only so much you can overcome. You know, Even the great Michael Vick, he was the, the greatest thing I ever saw in my life. You know, He still needed a little blocking. We saw even in that game against the Ravens in the preseason game. Yeah, he, you can't overcome it all. There has to be something there. And yet he had no chance, C.J. Stroud, 
of being able to make anything happen or let anything develop down the field. So they need to go back to the drawing board, make sure they put them in a, at a better spot to succeed. But I will say this, on a positive note, holy crap, it looks like New England got something in their second-round pick, Keon White, because he was just like yes. – he lived in the backfield there. He ended up stealing the, you know, the, star, the star of the show there from, from C.J. Stroud. Yeah, they got to be happy with both of their top picks. Christian Gonzalez as well, yeah, a guy that lingered a little longer than we thought. He looked good. Right. And, you know, the Patriots maybe getting back to the to the things that made them great in the first half of their dynasty, where it was defense that led the way. And really, you need hey, with all these great quarterbacks, the better your defense can be, the better chance you have of slowing some of these teams down and staying in some of these games. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, Trey Lance starting season number three, starting the preseason opener for the 49ers. How did he look against the Raiders? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.